Welcome back, everyone, to another Merge Conflict, your weekly developer podcast with me, James Montemagno, and one of my best friends in the entire world, Frank Kruger. How's it going, buddy? Hey, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, I'm excited to be here because tonight sounds like it's going to be a little bit random, a little bit fun, a little bit casual on the show tonight. If you're new to the podcast, normally I don't open with an introduction of what the show is and who we are. We usually just go into it, and then at the end we say who we are, which is a little backwards we kind of tarantino it uh if you will and i don't know if that's good or bad because i do listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of podcasts are like i bet people haven't been listening for 367 episodes and they probably don't know what this podcast is so this is a podcast where we talk about some dotnet stuff some mobile stuff some ai stuff some developer stuff and some other stuff and a lot of performance stuff. And last week we talked about some .NET 80 things, 80, .NET 8 sure. E Eight. things, and uh, specifically native AOT. And I just gave a presentation at VS Live up in Redmond and I'm back home. And I talked about what's new and next for .NET Maui. And one of the big things I got a lot of questions on was native AOT, specifically for iOS. And we had a bunch of people reach out to us on Twitter uh, specifically, Philip, who worked on the native <laughs> AOT feature with a bunch of other people. And he said, what, Frank? He said, we are absolutely guaranteed. You can bet your bottom dollar on it that we are getting native AOT for the Macintosh line of computer systems sold by this California company, Apple. <laughs> nice. And more that there's also unofficial support for other things, too, <laughs> correct? There is also, I, be, I believe, this thing called Linux. I I don't know. Uh, I, I guess people run PHP on it. I think that's what you do with Linux. Is that right? I, you know, you put is stuff the, in there. The Linux brand of computers. Can I go to Walmart and get a Linux? Uh, yeah. You, yeah. You just go and you say, you go down the aisle and you say Chromebook. You know, Windows, Mackey, Taji, and then the Linux is there, and then you pick that up. Uh, specifically, Philip said Linux Bionic. I don't even know what that means. Uh, yeah, no idea. So, <laughs> I, I'm terrible with these names also, but if I had to guess, I think that that means it's Raspberry Pi compatible. Um, uh, now I'm feeling a little bit terrible, but I'm pretty sure that that's what the Bionic... We, we we should prepare better for these things, James. Hi, hi, yeah. Linux Bionic. Well, we're getting support for Linux Bionic, but I can't believe you jumped over the, the Macintosh line of computers to mention that. That's true. Well, you know, if we actually just read further into the tweet, uh, Philip would say Linux Bionic, which is Android. He said, i.e. Android without Java interop. Okay, sorry. Okay, hi, everyone. Yeah. Um, okay, without the Java interop, right? Because that's a whole very complicated layer of uh, .NET 8 Android and Xamarin Android, yeah. So I guess that makes sense. Uh, that interop layer is missing. But um, interesting, interesting. So I wonder um, what systems aside from Android that also use Linux Bionic like, could you do, like, yeah. are there POS systems or, like, store displays, TVs? I wonder about that kind of stuff. Um, otherwise, yeah, just compile for Net8 Android, and then you're yeah. all good. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I almost, you know, sometimes in my mind, I put the 
iOS and Mac OS support so much glued together, like they're literally in the same repo that I just kind of, I didn't even think about it because it wasn't in the blog, but I just sort of imagined that it was also supported, but I definitely know it's a different platform, which means there's a whole bunch of different things that need to go into it. So I shouldn't have assumed that in all uh, actuality. Now, the question I have actually, and we, we didn't follow up on here was with Philip and, and you can respond and then we'll follow up again, which was, <laughs> is it just running .NET apps on Mac OS, like a command line app? Because, you know, you could do that there or is it actual Mac OS apps? And furthermore, would it be right. Mac OS Catalyst apps? Right. So those are all very different things. Yes. <laughs> so those are all, yeah, <laughs> those are definitely three different TFMs. So we'll say that even at the .NET kind of highest level, those are definitely three different things, even if they pull games and reuse different parts for different things. So for example, um, it, it is funny, like on the Mac, if I compile for Net 8, let's say, Net 7, let's, let's not think of the future, let's think of the present, Net 7. If I compile a Net 7 app, um, it'll run on Mac, obviously. It's a .NET app, it'll run everywhere but I can also pre-compile it a tiny bit with the native AOT. Now what they're saying is with .NET 8, that native AOT will output a nice little Mac executable that will be executable <laughs> on all your, all your Macs, uh, hopefully very few dependencies. There's tricks like native AO AOT means they're going to compile you to native code. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean they're going to do other things like bundle you into a single executable. That's one thing. And then the other big one is um, remove, link out all the stuff that you're not using. That's a whole nother thing. So those are three steps. We're just talking about the one step of going to native. So that will be officially supported in eight. That said, you can also choose the net eight dash Mac TFM. <laughs> And um, that will, depending on the mood, I really need to check into it, but I'm pretty sure um, that will also run native AOT. What I'm really curious to find out right now in the Dash Mac, if you do a Net 7 Dash Mac app, uh, they set a little flag to enable the JIT. Uh, it's a little program um, allowance setting, you know, permission thing to execute the JIT. And I'm curious if you enable native AOT, uh, if it'll not put that little flag there. So definitely we have more follow-up to do on all of this, but good to know that you can get a proper Mac app out of some C-sharp code, F-sharp code, whatever you got. And you can, of course, always write into us at Merge Conflict FM. That's on Twitter. And of course, we have a contact page on our MergeConflict.fm website. And then additionally, you can just tweet at us. We read those things. And as you can see, we respond to them, which is cool. So it's always going to get updated on that. But let's, Frank, get to our main topic tonight because I want to go back in time. I want to go back, Ooh. back. Yeah, back. Yeah. Frank's excited. I'm, I'm talking like. <laughs> back in time frank i just turned on yeah. my lights for anyone watching on youtube it just got real bright and great <laughs> back in the day when i got started building ios and android applications i built all of my ios applications 100 in code and i'm not talking vs code i'm talking c sharp markup 100 no designer no zibs no nothing, 100% straight, straight code. And I'm not talking just monotouch.dialog, buddy. Mm -mm. I'm talking 100% <laughs> 
all code, all the time, all of it, 100%, because it was a much more delightful experience. In fact, most of my first application was mostly monotouch.dialog. Let's just be honest <laughs> about it because it was so unbelievably good. But uh, little do people may know because they see me write XAML all day, every day with Xamarin Forms and .NET Maui. Now, of course, if you go back, back in time, if I had a, I guess I could turn these off, the dark days. No, um, if the back, back in time, you know, I started my life in the WinForms world, which is kind of like dragging and dropping. And then I moved to WPF into the XAML world, which was very delightful. So I moved around all of these things. But my first, first job was in game development, which was just all C++, <laughs> 100%. There was all code, nothing else inside of it. So I've lived all of these worlds in general. And Frank, people have always challenged me and always been curious about writing Xamarin Forms and now Don Maui apps in C Sharp. And I just have not been willing to go learn all of it. But if you huh. go back to the original Xamarin Forms, which I don't even know if we know if people know <laughs> the, the, the code name, but I'm not going to say it. But um, I don't think we ever said it out loud anywhere, but it was only C Sharp. There was no XAML. And People from the community wanted XAML, so they implemented it. I think it was Sebastian. And then we hired, and then they joined <laughs> on, and now like did all the XAML. So in the beginning of Xamarin Forms, it was all C-sharp. In fact, if you go back to the very first Hanselman Forms blog post on Hanselman.com, when I spun up the first Hanselman Forms app, it was all C-sharp code. All to say, Frank, that I'm very familiar with building UIs in C-sharp. However, however, Whew. for the last... Seven, eight years, I've been all XAML, all MVVM, nonstop. But Frank, last week and this week <laughs> on my live stream on my YouTube, I rebuilt the Threads app and I did it all with C Sharp Markup with .NET Maui. <laughs> C Sharp Markup. What a euphemism. I love it. Okay, all with Maui also. Okay, okay. This is interesting. I actually have a tiny bit of experience there uh, coming from kind of the opposite direction. I was writing a new backend for Maui hmm. and I just didn't have time to get the XAML stuff working. So I had to write all my tests and all my example apps and everything in just C sharp, as you say. <laughs> Beautiful, just C sharp. I love just, just C sharp because like, you run your app and you look at something and you're like, I think it should be one pixel over. So you go to your C sharp code and you increase the number by one, you hit F5, you wait 10 seconds. And then you look at it, you're like, maybe one more pixel. And then you go to the code. I'm just kidding. It's fun. I love it. Um, especially with like hot reload. Now you can actually do some really amazing things with just uh, editing C sharp code. Uh, mm -hmm. There's of course the XAML hot reload. They both have the same name, right? I know every time we do this, I ask that question, but whatever. <laughs> we have C Sharp Hot Reload, which is fantastic. Uh, .NET Watch and all that kind of stuff. So get that up and running. And then I really have no problem with building UIs and code. It's how I started also. Um, that's not true. I started in VB. Everything should be like VB. But aside from that, <laughs> I, I still write a lot of my UIs and code. Yeah, I the reason I had to do this because I was testing out the new Don Maui VS Code extension and there's no hot reload support yet built into it. So ah. um, 
which was kind of a bummer. But additionally, there's not a lot of XAML IntelliSense or XAML uh, support in general. So someone in the chat had challenged me to do it in C Sharp. So I struggled, but I made it and I did it. And specifically, I ended up using the C Sharp Markup Community NuGet package, which is part of the Dynamic Community Toolkit for C Sharp Markup, which adds just a bunch of extension methods, which makes it really, really nice uh, when you're when you're doing this. So instead of having to like set bindings and like have a bunch of code and then write set different properties, you can just do attributes on it right. or extension methods. So I was going to say, those are, you just said the two things that are I always find annoying when trying to do um, C-sharp code for a XAML platform. All the XAML platforms seem to have this. Binding. <laughs> um, binding is probably the best feature of XAML. It's probably the most important feature of XAML. And it's probably the biggest problem solver. When, I, when I'm back to like writing UI kit code or WinForms code, and I don't have binding, all of a sudden I'm like, oh God, right? When you create the view, set the thing to the thing, subscribe to the thing, update the thing... Uh, oh, don't forget to erase the events at the end or else you have a memory leak. It, it's a lot of things to do. And so yeah. immediately I miss binding. But even on the XAML platforms, creating a binding from code is not the prettiest thing. I, I think they have it pretty simple now. I think it's like new binding with maybe only like eight parameters you have to provide. And it's always a yeah. ridiculous number of parameters. Uh, so it's ugly. So great. Uh, re please repeat the name of this library you use that simplifies binding creation. Yes. If you type into the Google Bing's.net <laughs> Maui community toolkit, you'll get to the documentation. Okay. And when you scroll to the bottom left, you're going to see C sharp markup. So specifically the package on NuGet is community toolkit.maui.markup. And I'll put I'll put it in the show notes. But additionally, we can I'll give, give it to you so you can see it. But you can see some great examples. So, for example, if you're, you know, creating and setting the size of something, you can say new entry dot size 200, 400, for example. Or you might say dot bind. And then you can sort of easily pass in different properties and parameters into it instead of set binding. But you can it's fluent, right? So you can easily yeah. build off of it over and over again. So if you end up looking at my GitHub page, and again, I'll put this into the show notes too. I just only made one page because I did struggle boss pretty <laughs> hard. I'm not going to lie about it. But when you end up looking at my pages, you'll see the um, main uh, uh, activity page. or sorry, homepage of the application, which I'm going to put in here so Frank can see it as well. I say I mostly struggled a lot with remembering, <laughs> remembering how to create like data templates and things like that from the code behind. <laughs> but if you scroll yeah. down a little bit, you'll see me like return the cell and I can do like create new image and then bind the source property to the name of the, you know, image in quotes and then dot width 35 dot height 35 dot row zero dot column zero dot row span two set dot center horizontal dot top dot margin. You know, you pass <laughs> those things in. So it looks pretty nice uh, overall. So, you know, pretty, not the prettiest, but it's prettier, I would say. And I was like, okay, once I'm in the flow, especially for the grid stuff, I was like, oh, this is nice. That was the big, big right. thing in general. So that was key. I mentioned binding. That's what I was starting with, but I forgot to mention layout is the other one because you have 
dependency properties, this weird concept that was invented when you're enclosed by a grid, all of a sudden there's these grid properties that you can set. Uh, what's the other big ones like absolute layout and things like that? You can you also you can set your x y width and height properties mm-hmm. when normally you can't do that. Usually those are computed properties. But uh, it's good to see this library makes it possible. It's really not that bad. You just have to say something like add dependency property. I forget how you even do it. So good thing. Go use this library. Go use this markup thing. And uh, of course it's going to be a little bit tricky at first because. So I was thinking, like I said. Binding layout; those are always the ones in my head. I totally forgot about data templates. Yeah, those mm-hmm. those are a little bit nasty from C sharp code. Also, I've certainly done it. Now that you mentioned it, I, I remember doing them. But um, yeah, I couldn't do that off the top of my head. So I'm curious: um, did the C sharp markup library help with those? Like, if it's fluent, I would think that like you hit dot. And then you just kind of search for like what you can do. Yeah, uh, were you just having difficulty finding the data templates in that? Yeah, I for a while I was struggling. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what does? How do I? I was like, mostly I was like, how do I create and set the the item template? You know, for the the list view, right? It's not like it's in yeah. Blazor where it's just like, and here's every item and iterating through them. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to create a new data template, then a type of, and then a thread cell, and then go create that thing. But it really kind of makes it component-based because then my cells are a little bit more componentized. And then, you know, what's nice about the code behind is you can easily break those things into little chunks if you wanted to that you could reuse throughout your application. So it does make it really nice, you know, to, to do it in the C-sharp. And then additionally, one thing I forgot to do, uh, but I remembered afterwards, is that our good friend David Ortnow wrote a little blog post not too long ago, but it's called C Sharp UI and .NET Hot Reload, a match made in .NET MAUI. I don't know about the name <laughs> of the blog, but it's there. But basically, if you're using Visual Studio 2022, you can leverage the .NET Hot Reload in the debugger. But what you do is you do a bunch of reflection to uh, invoke a different method when you actually hit save. So what it will do is you can you can tell it to call like on navigated basically and rebuild your UI. So he shows how to kind of hack the hot reload system to rebuild your mm-hmm. UI every single time, which is like really clever. So I'm going to do this in the live stream <laughs> tomorrow when I'm doing it, but I'm going to set this up. So I was like, okay, cause that's the main feature that I think I'm really missing is that hot reload part yeah. because we try to do .NET watch, but I think with .NET watch, at least from our experience of us trying it still try to like redeploy the application every single time. Yeah. Uh, so I got .NET watch to work on my Twitch stream, James, but wow, wow, it was years ago and I don't recall exactly the details. Thanks. So thankfully I did write a tiny bit of notes for it. Oh, nice. So maybe I'll, I'll check my notes and see if I could create maybe a nougat or something that does it for you. It's a little bit of a trick. Uh, they don't like you doing it. You just have to set an environment variable to trick the runtime into going into mode that will accept hot reload correctly. Oh. And then it's just a matter of shipping off assemblies to it in the correct way. So it's a, it's a little bit of work, um, but uh, it's actually like a public... Uh, what, what do I want to say? It's documented. Like, yeah. If you go read the docs and go read the code, you can see how it works and you can make it work. And 
that's what we did. It was a struggle, but that's all to say. I'm sure the tooling will catch up eventually. I, I, no, no problem. Like if a if a hacker can get it hacked together on a Twitch stream, I'm sure a bunch of Microsoft professionals can get it to work. Uh, it, that will be nice. It's it's fun. Sorry, I don't mean to diverge too much, but it was funny to hear that they have their own system of like triggering that on Navigator to to rebuild the UI. Uh, it's funny with Hot Reload, you come up with those all sorts of those funny little tricks so that when you change a little bit of code, what normally wouldn't happen, normally you don't want any triggers to happen, but there's always a few triggers you want to happen. So I feel like there's almost um, a nice space here for us to yeah. play around and maybe create a NuGet package to create more triggers for updating our apps with Hot Reload. Yes, I totally agree. And And, you know, this is very different in this regard for this type of hot reload that was shown here, because the real hot reload is doing like real diffing basically, right? Like in general, let's say I'm doing, I have a method and it's, you know, one plus, you know, or, you know, count <laughs> plus plus, And I change that to count plus equals 10. It's changing that in, in your, I don't know how that works, memory or something like that, whatever it's doing magic, right? It's in the memory. It's in the, V table lookups. <laughs> it's definitely in the V table lookup. Uh, usually they're swapping out whole methods. Usually the level of granularity is at the method level. So magic trick, swap it out. <laughs> but with UI, the problem is there's not a method to swap out. So you need something <laughs> to invoke, you know, yeah. it, which is like why when you see MVU style applications, uh, or not even MVU style applications, but other type of hot reload technologies that had come out back in the day for Xamarin or Xamarin Forms says they mostly were like, oh, but do this special thing or write your code here and it will just work, right? So. Oh, and I should say, pro tip, um, in the .NET API, system.runtime, who knows where, <laughs> there is a global handler that you can register event handlers to that get notified when um, a hot reload happens, when um, I forget exact conditions, but definitely for like when you do it from Visual Studio and things like that. But it's yeah. either every time a method is replaced or every time a new assembly is loaded in, something like that, you can register a hook. And in that hook, you could, uh, like in UI kit, you could do something terrible. I've done this. <clears throat> you just, <laughs> you ask for the main window, look for every sub view, look if it implements an interface, send a message to it. If it implements yeah. that interface, then every view can update itself when it happens. Yeah, and there was, you know, the 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 F Sharp team uh, or F Sharp community, right? They had the uh, fabulous stuff, and they had a bunch of other stuff, and that mm -hmm. was actually doing like proper like MVU style hot reloading. And same with Comet, I think too. It's they're using that .NET technology and swapping things in and out, basically 100. percent Where this one is just a little bit different. So, I, but I kind of see the future here, right? Is you know, I think that there are folks that you. Know, the cognitive load of if you're brand new, learning C Sharp, learning .NET MAUI, learning XAML, learning MVVM, it's a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And if you were just coming in and just writing C Sharp code, you wouldn't even have to use these bindings or do this. You could really easily up a bunch of new controls on a page and go. But having that iteration cycle of, of actually just deploying my application, making changes, reloading it, and I don't care if it's blowing away the whole UI and putting it back because I'm just in development, that is what I would love to see kind of go go out. And that would be pretty Yeah, bad. so I, I hope you have good success uh, getting your reloader to work because, and if you do, try to bottle it up into a NuGet if you can, because mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of people would 
love to take advantage of it. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because I, I made that joke earlier in the episode. Uh, you, you change the value by one pixel and then you wait 10 seconds for it to happen. And it took us a while, but we got all the way back around uh, to that point of the hot reload. That's all I want is because, you know, like XAML is a neat language and all, and it, it's nice. It does binding. I like it. But C Sharp's a better language. C Sharp is a more powerful language. It's a more general purpose language. It can do more things. And I think that's why I've always enjoyed writing UIs in it. Uh, so anything that can shorten up that little dev loop uh, is huge, huge to me. Yeah. I have- now, yeah. I mean, now I would say that it's twofold, right? I think that that dev loop is super duper important and you've been playing around with it forever, right? And all of your IDEs and continuous <laughs> stuff and all these things forever. And we've been playing around the XAML live, live player, all these other things, right? And then at the same time, I do think the other side of it is that it has to be easier and nicer to build those UIs with C Sharp. So for example, uh, I, I, I don't know any inside baseball, right? Because like while I am in and around dot net and the dot Maui team like i'm not in like the planning although i guess it's all open source they would know but like the c-sharp markup stuff is great but then if you obviously go read documentation it's not going to show you that stuff right so it'd be really cool that if eventually some of this stuff gets baked into the actual framework which means the documentation gets updated which means that the way to do the things are with these extension methods and it makes it super duper more delightful to build these UIs this way. And if it's in it, then that means that there could be more of a best practice of if you're creating a third party library, here's how you add these extension points, here's how you yeah. do whatever. Now, I don't know, you know, I still think XAML is very heavy in the world, but I, I would, I, I'm always very open to, it's a flexible, you know, flexible yeah. framework, right? You can build hybrid apps, right? With, with Blazor, with this hybrid web view, you could build them in C sharp, you can build them in XAML. And I know that there are people that are working on the Blazor mobile bindings, which is basically writing UI for .NET MAUI, but in Razor, right? With Blazor <laughs> syntax and data bindings and stuff like that. So that flexibility is good. Is there too many choice? I don't know, but uh, I, I would like for there to be, you know, I guess, you know, I think, I think if you can do it in C sharp or in XAML, you, should be able to do it in C sharp and then let people pick because it might be easier for people to get into the world of it. But I do love my XAML, Frank. I know that you just said that you're like, yeah, it's yeah, but I do like my XAML. It's, it's nice. That's tricky. It it depends on your background. If you're coming from HTML, maybe XAML feels more comfortable to you. Yeah. If you're coming from MFC like me, (laughs) C sharp is a little bit better. We like we we like our things like that, and uh, yeah, no shade, no lemonade. F sharp, fabulous. I, I just haven't done those things enough, but um, yeah, why not? Uh, I mean, in the end, everyone is compiling their XAML these days, right? That that's the hot mm-hmm. feature. Pre-compile your XAML. Mm-hmm. What's what's that doing? It's compiling it down to code. <laughs> you know, it's calling a bunch of APIs to construct your UI. So we're just talking about two different languages to accomplish literally the same thing. So just yeah. pick your flavor. It it literally doesn't matter. Like to yeah. the runtime, it doesn't matter. Whichever one. Yeah. But well, uh, I, I, oh, I'm sorry, just real quick. No, um, just be, before I forget, I, <laughs> you were mentioning um, integrating this markup library into Maui itself. And I'm like, 
jeepers, I actually do hope they do that really quick because it would be terrible if a bunch of controls libraries, everyone's referencing this NuGet and then this NuGet just comes with every app and now we get into version nightmares and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If it really is just a bunch of extension methods, dear Microsoft, just just pop it in. Ex- no, <laughs> extension methods never hurt anyone. No, I don't I have think proof. Ne- never. A bit. Big fan of that builder pattern. It's very Android-y, but now I feel like our builder pattern is everywhere in .NET, just absolutely it's, everywhere. It's good for IntelliSense. That's all. Mm-hmm. Just being oh, able yeah. to hit dot and s- to see what you like. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually it's like IntelliCode and Copilot. They can just <laughs> do all the things. So um, I don't know. I, it was a good experience. I'm excited. I'm going to keep going at it. I'm going to keep it. Are yeah, I'm going to, you know, oh. it's Okay, that's the, okay, that's the big question. Okay, a, a greenfield application. I I hire you, James, for I know you're expensive. I I don't have enough money for you, but I hire you to write an app for me. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna write? Yeah, do some C sharp, or are you gonna do some XAML? I'm probably gonna do it all in XAML, but <laughs> okay. uh, only because I'd be more productive. Now it depends. Do I want to bill you for more hours? Uh, then maybe Ouch. Be, Ouch. you know, then I'll do C sharp, but only because I'm newer at it now. If you ask me this question again after I finish this application, maybe I'll be easy breezy and and gliding through. I don't know, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. But okay, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll save my pennies so someday I can yeah. afford you. What What I'm really curious about too is, as I build out the application more, will writing C sharp, for example, be easier to do more like logic based things? in my UI. So for example, you know, you can do on platform, you can do on idiom, you have the visual state manager, yeah. but I need to experiment a little bit more. Is like, is that easier to do in C sharp, right? Do I need yeah. value converters? Or I don't need value converters. Can I just, you know, right. pass around different properties, but do something, you know, do an inverse of it. Yeah. You know, I mean that type of thing. So I want to play around with that a little bit more and understand, Oh, could I, could I set more easily a, a completely different UI for, you know, tablet than desktop for example and or or phone and will like that be easier so i don't know if i'll have those answers anytime soon but that's one thing i'm sort of been thinking in my mind like is that easier one thing i did like already was i guess it's good and bad would be like if i wanted to create a um i wanted to create a uh a vertical stack layout and I wanted to just assign the spacing. So I just like subclassed it, gave it a new mm-hmm. constructor, pass in the property. And then I got all the ex- other extension because there like was an extension method for spacing because it's a new control. So I'm just like, oh, let me just like subclass yeah. it and then pass it in the constructor. And I was like, oh yeah, this is easier. Just right. do that, you know, or you could create, you could subclass every single one and then pass it in the constructor for all your properties. And I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of nice. Yeah, uh, it, sorry, going back to my programming language analogy, uh, XAML has componentization. You build upon, you create a small component, you build a bigger component on that, bigger component on that. Yeah. That is uh, their level of abstraction. Whereas a general purpose programming language like C Sharp has many levels of abstraction that you can harness. Uh, polymorphism, uh, subclassing, doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. True abstraction, these little things called functions, XAML yeah. doesn't have functions. No one yeah. ever really thinks about it, but it's a little bit annoying that XAML doesn't have it. Little things we like to call loops. 
conditionals. <laughs> yeah. Fancy programming language things. Uh, now, the trick is uh, when you start to use those fancy programming language things, uh, you do get into the little bit of problem of event subscription and data binding because mm -hmm. now you're the UI layer for how to handle those. And so that I, I find that that's the trickier part. So when you start to do advanced things in the programming language, all of a sudden you start, oh, now I have to do all the binding myself. Now I have to do this and that myself. So there's a lot of trade-offs. Um, sticking with the simple XAML is definitely the smoother, easier path. Yeah. Yeah, and it's learning because I've known it for so long. So we will see how it goes <laughs> on my journey. I will report back as I continue. But you can, of course, check out my YouTube, youtube.com forward slash James Montemagno. I got the live streams up there. I'm going to continue to try to build it out uh, just because fun. It's good for me to learn. And people have been asking me for a long time. So I'm like, OK, I'm just going to try it out. Finally, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen, people. So we're really going to this this week will be a lot more. Let's do it. I, yeah, and so to come all the way back around, this this has absolutely nothing to do with it, but is it native AOT compatible? Did you native AOT this thing? Uh, I have to imagine it is. Well, I wouldn't say why not. Uh, even, maybe I, even I more proof. so? I want proof. I want, I want a tiny so. little Mac app. Me a okay. Mac app. I'll give it a go. <laughs> I'll give it a go. All right, well, let us know if you are building UIs completely in C Sharp right into us. Let us know what your experience is. Maybe there's other NuGet packages out there. Like I could, could try, you know, maybe there's a whole <laughs> ecosystem out there. If you've been trying this hot reload stuff, definitely let me know. I'm going to give it a go and I'll make a separate video on it and go from there. But yeah, that's going to do it. I think for this week's short, nice, hot reloaded uh, episode. So um, yeah, you can just find us on the internet, MergeConfit.fm. That's going to do it for this week. So until next week, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for watching and listening. Peace. Peace.